Hello, hello, hello. So, y'all, let me just start off by telling y'all I'm really excited about doing this episode, even though I am a bit tired. So, I teach a workout class, uh, Extreme Burn, and I literally just left my workout class. I am recording this episode. I'm a little behind in my recordings. Even though I have some guest recordings already recorded, I am behind in kind of like my personal recordings. So I am going to do my best to kind of fly through this topic today because I want to get some rest. I'm also in like my kitchenette um, area. So my dogs are walking around. So I'm hoping they won't be too noisy. There's a football game going on. I live behind the school. So there's a football game going on um, as well. So really just trying to get through this episode so that I can get this out because this topic is really exciting in a sense for me. Slash, this is a topic that I feel we really don't talk about when it comes to grief. So today's topic is actually today in grief, sex can't wait. So I know we say a lot of times, especially when we're talking to young folks, sex can wait, all of that. I want you all to know I am very much an adult. I am in my 30s. I am also a married woman. Um, I have been married for six years. So I am coming at this conversation from that perspective of being an adult, of also being a married woman, um, also being a griever, right? So all of these identities that I have are intersecting all at once. And I'm not going to talk about necessarily just my personal experience with grief and sex, but also some comments and some things I've heard from other folks, some podcasts that I've listened to, articles I've read, and different things like that. But before we jump into this, I need you all to do me a huge favor. Please go to wherever it is that you are listening to this podcast, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, be it Google Podcasts, be it YouTube, wherever you are listening to this, please like, subscribe, share, and leave a positive review for me if you can. Please, 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 I really want this podcast to get to who it needs to get to for folks who are truly in the grieving process, folks who are really trying to figure this thing out, for them to have access to this kind of content should it be useful for them. And you all are the key to that for me. So without further ado, I think that's how you say it. Is it ado? I think it is. I would Google it right now, but I ain't. I just ain't. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's further ado. Y'all gonna tell me in the comments if not anyway. But let's jump into this conversation about grief and sex. So first, it's such a taboo thing, right? To talk about sex in general, right? Sex is such this, in this intimate and this private thing. But it's also this thing that so many of us do, right? So many of us have sex, right? It's it's normal. It's a part of our lives, especially as adults. Like we're talking about adults. Now I'm not condoning um, anybody who has not grown, right? Doing the do. But what I'm saying is it is a natural part of many of our lives and what we experience, especially those of us who are married or have partners in some, you know, some kind of uh, strategic way. We have some kind of partner and that involves sexual intimacy. The thing about grief, though, grief creeps in, y'all. And one of the things that I learned in my personal journey is grief don't care nothing about your partner. Grief don't care nothing about your spouse. Grief don't care nothing about who it is that you are and what it is that you like intimately, right? Grief can be a soul sucker. 
And in my experience, for me personally, when my mom died, my sex drive was dead. Like, I did not want to have sex. Why? A number of reasons. But the main one is because I thought about my mom constantly. Who trying to have sex when they parent is on their mind? Like, it was, it was literally... I could not get my mom off my mind. I was replaying the last three months of her life every single day. What happened? What went wrong? What did the doctor say this day? Like I was constantly replaying my mom's life. I could not shut my brain off. Could not do it. It was so hard. One of the regrets that I kind of have in my grief journey, and this is going to sound probably silly to some of you, but one of the regrets that I have is not having sex like the day after my mama died. Like, like, even though it was okay, I was grieving, right? I was sad, but I, my love language is in no way physical touch. It's at the bottom of my list. I actually don't like being touched. I have to be intentional. I have to remember in my particular situation that my husband's, one of his top love languages is physical touch. I have to remember sometimes to just hug my husband. Like, I have to remember, like, Kara, you should probably go and lay hands on your husband today. You have not touched this man, right? Because that's not my nature. I am not a physical touch person. I am not intimate in that way. Like, that. that's not the thing that gets me. It's like, ooh, give me a hug. It's like, I'm just not, I don't know. I don't like being, I don't know. Touching doesn't drive me um, to craziness, right? But I heard a woman say this, and at first I thought it was so weird, but I get it now that I had to go through a grief versus sex journey is what I kind of call it. I was I had, I had, was battling grief versus sex, and grief was winning a lot of times, right? But a, a woman said to me, she said, my son died. I had sex the next day. Y'all, it blew my mind. I said, you had sex the next day? And she said, yes. She said, and I'm so glad that I did. She said, me and my husband, she she was also married. She said, me and my husband, even though so uh, the son that she had, they he had helped raise her son, but it wasn't his biological son, but they had lost a child. They had. It still was his son, even though it wasn't his biological son. She said, we had lost a child. We shared an experience that not a lot of people understand. And she said, part of our relationship, part of our connection is sexual healing. And she said, so for me, having sex the day after my son died with the same person who had been there with me through raising him, who had been there with me through this journey, helped me to pause. It helped me to take my mind off of the fact that I was truly hurting. I was truly sad. It was healthy for me to have sex with a partner who was also grieving. And I said, wow, like that was a different perspective for me, for me, right? My situation is different, right? I lost my mom. Um, me and my husband don't share the same mom. That be, that's not allowed, right? Even though my husband loved my mom, my husband cared for my mom, it's still, they had a very different relationship. And, and that's when it sparked to me like, okay, so it's not terrible that I was like, uh-uh, I want to I wanna think about my mama right now. I am not trying to experience anything else. But she was sharing how she was so out of body when her son died that she needed something to bring her back to just sanity. And I was like, yo, I wish I would have had sex the day after my mom died. Like, I literally, like, said that out loud. Like, yo, why didn't I do that? 
but I couldn't, right? And that goes to the point of, first of all, all of our, all of our grieving journeys are different, right? Some of us, like I'm a processor. I was processing my mom's death when it happened. And I, I experienced anticipatory grief. I knew my mom was going to die. My mom was not getting better. It was just a matter of time before she actually perished, right? So after she died, I was processing all of the things that led up to her death because I had experienced those things, right? Sex was not on my mind at that time, right? One of the things that a lot of the experts, right, in sex and grief talk about is that grief is always on your mind. That's a normal thing, especially at the starting point, like when it's really fresh, when somebody recently dies, kind of within that first six months to a year, so normal for you to constantly be thinking about the grief experience, constantly be thinking about that person. So there, that experience and grief is taking up a large amount of your brain. It's also taking up a large amount of your physical capacity because believe it or not, the body is connected, right? So if we're thinking about something physically, that's what's kind of showing up in our bodies, which is why when you're tired, you physically look tired. When you're tired, you physically want to lay down. Those kinds of things. Grief carries a lot of those same things. It's a mental state at times that plays out in some of our physical, you know, ailments, our physical woes of life, right? Also, there is a thing, right? With grief, you can literally desire, you can want to have sex. And this was me, y'all. I had got to a point where I was desiring it. Y'all, I'm super attracted to my husband. Can't nobody tell me nothing about my my husband ain't fine to me because he is, okay? He has a chocolate drop, tall six foot chocolate drop, got a little bit of pudge in all the right areas. Like I love that about my husband. I also love my husband's energy. My husband has a really calm energy to himself, right? He's funny, but he has a calm energy to himself. And that's super attractive to me of like, I had just have a peaceful home. I don't know, like, I don't even really know how to explain it, but like, I have a pretty peaceful home. Now, you know, every once in a while, I got to pick up a sock. Like, babe, why you leave this sock in the middle of the floor? I'm not talking about that kind of stuff, but I'm just talking about my husband's presence in our home is really, really peaceful. And that's super attractive to me. I think also, you know, things kind of come back up when you are grieving things from your childhood i grew up in a calm quiet home it was me my mom and my brother me and my brother are 10 years apart so there was a lot of personality and experiential difference just in our age alone my mom was a single mom right um so we didn't have a huge dynamic of two parents in the household we didn't have a dynamic of mom having to navigate another co-parenting cuz our father was dead like I just grew up in a really calm and kind of comfortable environment. I have that same kind of environment now. I mean, my dogs get a little rowdy every once in a while. But anyway, I say that to say like, it was never my husband that I wasn't attracted to. It was grief. I had a desire. I did not have a urge though to do, to, to do the act. It was a while that I was just like, I don't want to do this. I just like, I'm desiring this, but I'm so, my mind is not there. My mind is not here. And I used to feel so bad, right? Not only for my husband, but for me too, because sis, sis deserves a little, a little giddy giddy as well. Right. But I was ex- really, really experiencing 
this lack of will willingness to do. Now, there are people who don't desire it at all. So, you know, I've read articles and I've seen a lot of information too, that that's also normal, that grief can cause you to not really desire sex. And I was listening to a podcast. It's actually called Good Morning. Um, I'll put the link in the description for you all. Good Morning, like M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, like morning a death of someone. And they had a guest on, and I forgot her name. I'll have to look that back up. But she shared about how grief is related to sex and the brain. And she said, when someone dies, the medic, the Magdalia, I think that's how she pronounced it. I got it, y'all, I'm, I hope I'm, if not, y'all can look up. There's a part of the brain called like some similar to the Magdalia. And it's the part of the brain that triggers the fight or flight response. When we are grieving, that part of the brain enlarges the response to trauma. So it activates, which keeps us alive in a sense, but the side effect is that many of our normal emotions end up in the wrong house. So like your your desire to be touched, your desire for sex, your desire for intimacy can be there, but it's in the wrong place because everything has gotten so mixed up. So the sexual desire can kind of end up in what they call the hypothalamus part of the brain. And that's when it's kind of like, eh. It's no longer a forefront thought. It's no longer this prioritized thing. And I just thought that that was so interesting how grief can can shuffle up your brain um, in a sense. Now, of course, we're I'm not talking literal medical terms, right? They can a medical expert can talk about this better. But I just thought that was such an interesting perspective. And she was a medical expert who was uh, sharing this. But I just thought that was such an interesting perspective that grief can literally jumble up your normal emotions and put them in places that they usually wouldn't be. Where usually, you know, it might be here. And it's like, yeah, I'm ready for it. But now it's in the fight category. Like sex is like, uh-uh, don't touch me. Like, you know, it's, it's this this response to sex now is like defensive. Or things like that. And I just thought that that was super interesting because I do feel like that happened to me. There were times where I was totally fine or I thought I was fine. And then my husband came into my emotional space in an intimate way, like touching or rubbing me. Remember, that's not my love language. First of all, I'm already in my head and now you're touching me. And I'm like, yo, don't touch me right now. And that's not what I mean. Like, I want you to don't don't stop touching me ever. But. I'm just like, right now, I'm just like angry. I'm mad that my mom died. I'm thinking about my mom. And you're just doing what's, what's normal and natural for us, right? So that made a lot of sense to me when she shared that. The other thing that I found out about with grief and sex is that some people, so sex is the root of procreation for every species, right? Or almost every species that's, that, that I know of. But one of the things that I found out in particular for humans, right, it's literally the source of procreation for us, sexiest. So a lot of times, those of us who are grieving, we have a fear of new life when you, we just lost someone. So sex gets tied up in this thought of, well, if I have sex, oh my God, I could get pregnant. Or if I have sex, I, I don't have the mental capacity to care for, an, for a human after I, after I just experienced this. Or the woes of how heavy death is, right? To bring new life, knowing that death is the end result for all of us, even though that's the natural order of life, that's hard. 
in that moment when someone just recently died and you're thinking about, oh my God, I'm going to bring new life in here and they're going to die one day or they're going to watch me die one day or those kinds of emotions are very real. I know they were real for me and still are very real for me. I thought that that was also interesting as I was learning about that too, that, you know, this fear of new life is actually a real concept because procreation, sex is the root of procreation. And I was just like, yo, like everything starts to make sense when you study it or when you learn about it. But when you're experiencing it, it just sometimes I feel like in grief, sometimes things you're experiencing just feel like, oh. They just feel exhausting. Like, why do I have to go through this? Why Why does this feel like this? Why am I experiencing this? When really, ultimately, it's a real thing. It's, it's a relevant and very, 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 very real thing. So let me back up a little bit. I've seen quite a few articles and even just like chat things. Um, Cause y'all know I went trying to look up stuff like what, what does people experience with grief and sex? Like I, I even found there's this app, y'all sidebar, there's this app for widowers who are not necessarily even recently widowed, but widowers and widowies, I don't know the other word, but people who are widows, there's an app for them to find support and also find people to have sex with. And I was just like, yo, what? Why is that a thing? But then I found out about this concept called widow's fire. Have y'all ever heard of that? So widow's fire is actually an uncontrollable desire for sex following bereavement, in particular, the bereavement of a spouse or a lifetime partner. Y'all, I said, what? So you ever judge somebody? Because let's just call it, let's call it what it is. Let's call a spade a spade. Because I hear people all the time, I've heard it, somebody loses their spouse and then they're dating or they're married within like two years, three years. People always say, oh, they moved on fast. And that's judgment, right? But there's something called widow's fire. I've heard people say they had to be messing with them before their spouse died. Ain't no way they got married that fast. They got married in two years. They got married in a year, you know, but widow's fire, what I learned about that is it can lead to lots of casual sex. I read an article from one lady. She said after her husband died unexpectedly, he got, he had cancer, I believe it was, but like stage four, when they found out he, he died within six months. She had, she said she had had sex with 15 men in a year. And she said her friends were judging her, um, just casual sex. She was just releasing what she needed to release, but she had been married to her husband for 10 years. She had had sex with one person for 10 years and she was sharing with her friends, like, I am not looking for a new relationship. I just want to experience um, what did she call it? She had said, mentioned something like, um, she just wanted to experience, um, sexual exploration. She had been with the same person for 10 years and she hadn't explored a lot of things. So she started to do that casually, just having casual sex. And she said she had looked up and she had slept with 15 people in one year after being with the same person for 10 years. So for her, she said she had shocked herself. Like, she had to start therapy. It was a whole thing because she was like, am I turning into someone I don't want to be? Or am I really enjoying my experience? Am I grieving? Like she had all these questions and she also then found out about this thing called widow's fire. But because of widow's fire, a lot of widowers or widowies, I hope I'm saying it right. Y'all can't remember, but people who are widowed, right? A lot of them do experience casual sex. 
They experience a lot of judgment from folks. Also, vulnerability. People take advantage of people who are recently widowed because they know that they're vulnerable. They experience a lot of detachment as well. So detachment in terms of not desiring a long-term relationship, but desiring the characteristics of relationships, right? But they have a fear sometimes of falling in love with somebody else and that person dying or that person getting hurt, or it's just this thing that you just never expect, a spouse or a partner to die, especially young. Um, the young lady that I'm talking about who had, who I mentioned was having the casual sex, I think she was 37, 38, and her, her spouse when he died was like 40 young people. So we're not talking very old at all. And then another person who also shared her experience being widowed, her husband died a month after she gave birth to their son, their one and only child. So she had a newborn baby, was experiencing grief, and she really just wanted intimacy. Also, she shared a bit about her postpartum, um, not really loving the way she looked or felt. And that led to her trying to find ways to be fulfilled um, in her new body and all of that too. And I just thought that that was so interesting as well, that there is this real thing in particular for certain types of bereavement, like being a widower. There's a certain type of bereavement and there's a certain type of experience that comes after that for a lot of people. So I kind of went on a tangent with that, but I just thought that that was also very interesting. And it goes with this topic that I'm talking about, right? Sex can't wait in grief. Whether it be those of us in particular, I think about those of us who are married, those of us who have these very intimate relationships, um, these one-to-one partner relationships, especially how important in my personal experience and in my opinion, it is for us to still engage in sex, have some sex, okay? Because it is healthy for us. Even when we, now when we don't feel like it, I get that. When grief is overwhelming, when grief takes over, I'm not saying force yourself to do anything, but allowing ourselves, if we desire it, it's okay. I had a lot of guilt around pleasurable things, sex, any other thing too, shopping, all the things that bring me joy and pleasure. I had a lot of guilt around them after my mom died. Also, y'all, I used to cry after sex. I didn't know what that was. I was like, why am I crying? I found out that is so normal in grief. It is so normal for people to have really great sex and then cry after because you have pulled your body, you've pulled your hormones and your libido and all of those emotions into a space that felt good. And then once that's over, remember how we talked about the part of the brain that's grieving? It's jumbling up stuff. It, it comes right on back. It says, okay, now. We still here though. You do know I let you put me down for a second, but we're still here. So it's very normal to also cry in grief. I mean, cry after sex, because I would think that was so weird. Like, why am I crying? I used to try to like hide, like don't let my husband see me crying. I don't want him to think he did something wrong. I'm sad. But I would immediately go back, like immediately. I would just go back to being sad again. And I did not understand what that was. And it's just a normal reaction to grief. So I wanted to put that out there and also put this episode out there. To be honest, I used I wanted to put this episode out there because I was like, I can't be the only one who has these questions around like sex and grief, who started looking up stuff or who really wanted to know, like, is this okay? Is this normal? Is this what we 
should be experiencing and that kind of thing. So some other things that I found out in kind of my research and also just listening to folks and things like that is I've heard quite a few people talk about having sex right after someone dies. If you have a partner in particular, or if you're married, it's such a good idea not to force it, but to keep that line of communication open because that is a line of communication, right? But to keep that open, especially if one of your love languages is physical touch, allowing your partner to still embrace you, allowing your partner to still touch you. And sometimes I am a witness, y'all. It can be hard. You can resent your partner because they don't share the same grief you share, right? They're going on business as usual. And it's like, you do realize my best friend just died. My dad just died. My mom just died or whatever, but they don't have the same relationship with that person that you did. So it really, really can make you resent them or be a little combative to them wanting to love on you or wanting to be intimate with you because it can feel like they're being insensitive when really they're not. They're trying to meet your needs, their needs, whatever that looks like. Um, I don't know everybody's relationship, but depending on your partner, right? It could literally be that they really are genuinely trying to connect with you in that intimate way. And grief doesn't sometimes allow us to see it that way. Grief is a grief is all almost sometimes can show up kind of one-sided of like, I am sad, everybody should be sad too. Or I am sad, leave me alone. I am upset, leave me alone, right? It can very much look like that. Another thing that I saw too when we were like when thinking about or dealing with this idea of grief and sex was feeling sexy, right? Grief takes your body and your mind into all these different states. When I was grieving, I gained quite a bit of weight. So feeling sexy was, and I mean, I'm still grieving, but like, I mean, when I was deep in the trenches that those first six to eight months of grief, um, yeah, it was bad. I didn't want to get out the bed. I was wearing just baggy t-shirts and I just wasn't feeling sexy. I didn't care about, you know, getting my hair done. I didn't care about a lot of things that usually help me in terms of my physical presence, but also my internal confidence. Like I was still bathed and all of that, but you know how sometimes you use your special lotions or you wear that that special perfume or, you know, you have that beautiful negligee that you want to put on. I ain't care about none of that stuff, y'all. None of it. Put me in a baggy t-shirt. Put me in a bonnet. I'm going to bed and I'm going to stay in this bed for at least 24 hours. I'm going to get up on the shower and then I'm going to put another baggy t-shirt on, another bonnet. Don't touch me, right? That was me. That really was me. I wasn't feeling sexy. I had no desire to feel sexy. There are lots of people who also experience that as well. That is not where their mind is. I am not trying to feel sexy right now. I don't care about feeling sexy right now. I'm trying to get over slash deal with the fact that someone I love, I'm never, ever going to see again. And that's really hard, right? Another big thing, because I specifically looked up too, I was like, well, what is it like grieving parents? Like, because every, almost everybody experiences that unless they pass before their parent, if they knew their parent. That's, this is one of the common losses that people experience. And for me, it was still very hard losing my mom, even though like we lose parents, like losing parents is normal. It's part of the normal order. One of the things that I read, and I can't remember what article it was that I read it in, but it said that parents, losing parents brings up memories, like 
you start to remember things from childhood. You start to relate a lot of your now experiences to experiences you had with your parents because your parents are typically the people you've known the longest. So what happens is all of the life you had with them starts to become a part of your everyday life now. So when you lose a parent, they're on your mind constantly, which can also drive your sex drive down because you don't usually relate your parents to sex. Even the difference in, so the article even talked about the difference in like losing a child. Losing a child is extremely hard. But if you and a partner lost a child, sex was involved in that experience. Even though your parents had to have sex to make you, it's different. You don't think about your parents in that way. In the same way, you think about the nurturing that went into your child. You think about the the intimate relationship you have with the partner. You think about the mannerisms and the things that your child does that reminded you of your spouse. That allows sometimes a, a, another connection. Whereas a parent, when you lose a parent, if the parent is on your mind, you become a more disconnected from sexual intimacy because a lot of your experiences with your parents were non-sexual experiences, right? So that started to make a lot of sense too, but I was like, I'm not going to dig deep into like trauma and, you know, all of that. There's so much that's related to like memories of growing up, even good stuff too. But that made a lot of sense to me too, as someone who's grieving parents of why thinking about my parents made me not think about sex. Like, why would I? So it made a lot of sense to me when I saw that. So another thing that I saw too was some people experience having to be put on medication while grieving. Lots of antidepressants. I've heard of that um, for a lot of folks. Uh, some people are put on even um, physical, um, like, um, what do you call them? Like vitamins and like medical grade vitamins and different things like that, because people end up with lots of deficiencies because they're not eating as well or healthy or just different things like that. And one of the number one reasons or side effects to some of the medications, especially some of the antidepressants ones for women I saw was low libido. So a lot of women who were grieving or on these antidepressants or other medications who might have that have similar side effects, they weren't having the urge to have sex. Their pleasurable things in general were harder for them to experience or enjoy. So I thought that that was really interesting too. And I'm really grateful. I didn't have to be on any medication um, in my grieving process or, you know, I'm still grieving. So I'm not to say that that might never be the case, but um, I'm, my mom's been gone almost two and a half years now. And I haven't experienced needing medication, so that's been really good. So I don't have that personal experience, but I have heard of that from other women who have been on antidepressants or other medications that, you know, it really did change my libido. I couldn't wait to get off that medication for a lot of reasons, but one of them was literally I, I had no desire for enjoyable things, even though it gave me the energy to do things that I wasn't doing because of, you know, it was combating some of my depression and things like that, it was impacting other areas. So I thought that that was really interesting too. Something else I kind of want to touch on is just emotional capacity. So when I think about this idea of in grief, sex can't wait, I think about our emotional capacity. I say that lightly, right? Sex can't wait. Like I just think 
for me and for those of us who really do enjoy sex, who desire it, who have a partner, um, it's hard when your emotional capacity is not there. And what I mean by that is no matter how much, like, you love your partner, you love being with your partner intimately, if it's a competing thought in your mind of this person that you lost, they're going to take precedence a lot of times in your emotional capacity. Whatever that feeling might be, if that's sadness, if that's pain, if that's joy, if that's memories, whatever that is. And sometimes that's going to be when it's time to get busy. And in the emotional capacity, you're going you're gonna to turn over and you're going to say, I don't have it. I'm going to be laying here like a log. You don't want that, right? You know what I mean? It's at least me. I don't want to be laying like a log. I want to, you know, I want to have some fun. And I think that that's another thing that's super real is understanding and recognizing that our emotional capacity has great impact on our ability to be intimately involved in the act of sex. Because, yeah, people can just do it. Absolutely. Like, I'm a firm believer there are people who could just do it. But there are a lot of people, too, who enjoy it, who want to connect in that way, um, that sex is beneficial um, in a lot of ways for their bodies, for their mental capacity, all of that. It's not just this uh, one and done game. And if it is, I mean, that's fine, too, for folks. I'm not judging or anything like that. But for folks who really, really want to experience sex, In special ways, emotional capacity as a griever can really impact that. And that's, you know, we don't want to not be fair in recognizing that that's a very real thing. So one of the things, and I haven't went back and watched it today or in the last couple of days, but have you all heard of or watched the movie Monsters Ball that had Holly Berry in it? So in that movie, her son died, and this is a spoiler alert, y'all. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert, okay? In the movie, her son dies, and after her son dies, she tells Billy Blanks, I believe that, is that who was in the movie with her? I think it was Billy Blanks in the movie, y'all. Let me go look it up, because I don't want to be telling y'all um, no story. So let me type this in right now and see who, Billy Bob. It was Billy Bob Thornton. Who was Billy Blanks? I don't even know who that is. I know why I said his name. But anyway, in the movie, Holly Berry's son dies. And then Billy Bob Thornton is her co-star in that movie. She tells him to make her feel good. And hey, they have this really hot sex scene, y'all. But it's that's a really good example of what I shared earlier about how Sex is the root of procreation, so it combats the thought of death. So there are a lot of people who lose children or lose young folks in their life, and sex is a tool that helps them combat the thought of death because they lost a younger person. And it's crazy to think about, but there's research out there about it and all of that. And even though that that movie, you know, was about a lot of things, um, that was one of the main pieces like I mean he was racist in the movie um and he fell in love with her and so you know it was a lot of things but one of the the major key points was this scene of how 
they had the they ended up having this sex this hot sex scene right after her son died because of this space that she was in to combat the thought of death crazy to think about right so i'm going to rewatch that movie again and i'm going to kind of look at it from that perspective and see if it resonates with me a little differently now that i know that and i heard that on um i want to say the good morning podcast as well they had brought that up and I was like, you know what? That does, that did happen in that movie. And it, it so I thought to bring that up to you all today too. Um, and I'm going to go back and watch it from that perspective. Now, now that that piece is on my mind and now that I know that death, uh, that sex, the root of procreation or sex, uh, can combat the thought of death. So I say all of this to say y'all, cause y'all know, I want to give y'all a couple of tips from, you know, me thinking I'm somebody, right? Give y'all a couple of tips for those of you who might be grieving and really struggling with having sex or desiring sex or seeing the benefit of sex, right? I want to give you a couple tips. One, small steps. Knowing your love language, I think is very important. So there are five love languages. There's a book out there um, called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And you can literally take that with your partner and see what your language uh, might be because there are five of them. You you know, you could rank high in like one or the other. So my, my top ones are words of affirmations and receiving gifts. And then I believe next is quality time, physical touch, and then acts of service are my love languages. Uh, like that's like the order. But my top one, y'all, is literally words of affirmation or receiving gifts. Like tell me I'm doing great. Tell me I'm amazing. Like, talk to me. And, you know, oftentimes when people are grieving, people don't know what to say to them. So I feel like my love language wasn't tapped into. My top love language wasn't tapped into enough or a lot. And that also impacted my desire slash my effort and willingness to have sex, right? Because my love language wasn't being spoken of pouring into me in a sense, right? That's going to matter. So I say that in taking small steps is maybe starting with figuring out what your love language is or your partner's love language is so that you can be there for them if they're the griever or if you are the griever, right? Other small steps are things that aren't necessarily physical intimacy. Start with some of those things, right? If cleaning up, if having a clean space puts you in a good mood, if it allows, if cleaning up your bedroom, getting all those clothes off the floor or wherever you, you know, your dirty clothes, your stuff you tried on, um, your your midnight teacup, get it off the nightstand, you know, put in some kind of lava lamp or something in your room, something small that can set the mood, right? Small steps like going to bed a little bit earlier so you're not going to bed to go to bed, right? You're just going in there and you're passing out. I'll, excuse me, allowing yourself a little extra time to relax. Other small steps, right, that aren't necessarily intimate, but showering before bed, like making yourself clean and smelling good so that you even feel better. Um, getting you some nice sheets. Like that's a, when I say literal small steps, I'm talking all kinds of things that you can do, right? Not wait into the middle of the night or the end of the night either, right? Sex doesn't have to happen at midnight every night. Sex doesn't have to happen at 10 p.m. But for some people, if you need to schedule it, that's okay too. I did hear someone say something that really helped their sex, them and their partner's sex life when they were grieving was scheduling sex sometimes. Like they were like, we were never those sex scheduling people, but when we were grieving. We said, you know what? 
Thursdays, that's date night and that's sex night. Like, period. Like, no distractions. We turning off the phones. We are not watching TV. That I'm pulling out the lingerie. You pulling out the cologne. And we are being intentional about getting down to business. So they were scheduling it till they could get back into a rhythm. And I thought that that was interesting, but that was what worked for them. So that was a small step of they had a scheduled day. And I was like, I don't know if I could just have a scheduled day, but I might have to have a scheduled day. And at will, um, my husband is an at will employee. Okay. <laughs> let me, let me stop for he hear this. Um, anyway. Yeah. But scheduling, that could be a thing, right? The other tip, like I, I've actually said this one throughout the episode, do it if you desire it. Do not suppress it. If you desire it, take that moment with your partner. Take that moment with your spouse. Hey, baby, come here. Hey, listen up. Like, call whatever your dynamic is, right? Take the moment when you have it because we all know grief is sneaky. Grief will come right on back. And it might, I mean, you might, this might be a five minute session. This might be a long session. Who knows? You don't have to put a time on your desire. Just when you desire it, don't suppress it. Grief will make us suppress good things, right? Also, another tip, don't feel like you have to perform. You can just do it. Like, I am one of those people. I was like, well, I don't want to have sex if I'ma just have to do it. I'm not telling you to have to do it, right? I'm not necessarily saying that. But we don't have to go in and put on a performance. Grief is real. If you have a desire and you and your partner want to get down, y'all can just get down. Like, make it simple. You do not have to go in and put on a show every time in grief. Sometimes you just need to get into a better headspace. Sometimes you just need to feel better. Sometimes you just want to connect with your partner on that level. All of that is okay. Do not feel like you have to perform. Another tip, be honest. Be honest, and I'm talking verbally honest with your partner. As a griever, they cannot guess, especially after time goes on, right? There's no time limit to grief. But after two, three years, is your partner still thinking like every time you don't want to have sex, it could be grief? They're probably not thinking that. You could just be honest and say, today I am really struggling with the death of such and such. It's putting me in a place where sex is so low on my radar right now. I love you. I care about you. I just, my capacity is here today. Literally speaking up about where you are in your grief as it relates to sex, you have to be honest because people are left to their own devices. Is that how you say device? Devices? I need to be looking stuff up before I just say it because I'll be quoting stuff and it might not be the right quote, but y'all know what I'm trying to say, right? And you don't want people to be left to assume whatever. And they might ask you too. If your partner asks you as well, what's going on? You know, hey, you trying to get down? You can honestly say, not in this moment. Right now I'm thinking about grief. I can't, I can't do it when I'm thinking about this, right? So just simply being honest and then also give yourself permission. Whatever that means and whatever that looks like for you, I want you to give yourself permission to engage in, think about process, act in, do, don't, whatever, as it relates to sex in your grief, y'all. So I wanted this episode, I just wanted to put this out there just to share because it's one of the things that I experienced slash thought about 
in my grieving process, sex has been a big deal for me. Um, and as a married woman as well, sex is a priority for me. Um, personally, I, I like to, um, put it, put it where it's supposed to be on my husband. Um, so I'm just saying, um, I know it can be hard. I know it can be a lot of things, but I wanted to put this episode out just to one, let folks know it's normal. If you are feeling what you're feeling as it relates to sex. Uh, whether that be you want to have a lot of it or you don't want to have any of it. Sex is a very real thing and grief impacts it. Grief can cause you to want to have a whole lot of it because it, it helps you to bring yourself back, you know, into a normal space. And some of us, it takes you completely out of it, right? It can be both of those things, either or. Whatever it is, I wanted to just put it out there that you should be thinking about sex if that's something that's a part of your life. Um, as a griever, you should, don't just, throw it away. I mean, unless you're having an, un if you're having a very unhealthy sex relationship, if you're in an unhealthy sex relationship, that's something that, you know, maybe should be addressed, but that's not what we were talking about in this episode. This was for those of us who have some kind of um, healthy relationship with sex and intimacy. And um, I wanted to put this out because of that. So there might be a part two later that I want to bring an expert onto the podcast to really, really dig into it because I kind of gave you all tips and nuggets from articles slash conversations that I've had with folks slash a podcast that I listen to. But I would love to bring an expert on because I would love for somebody to really dig deep into this topic because this is a topic that I feel gets brushed over in a lot of ways. But anyway, that is my time for this episode. So I hope you enjoyed it. Please come back next week and check me out. And in the meantime, let's continue to hurt and heal together. And this has been Karen Monique on the Today in Grief podcast.